0: Hey, this is Sam we're
1: Hey, this is Will Wheaton. I'm Armin Schimmerman. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin.
0: Hi, this is Aaron McCarty. Hi, this is Mark Pellegrino. And welcome to the FSF Popcast, your home for the all-nerdy, no-dirty interviews with people in our sci-fi and pop culture world. You can find us on your favorite audio podcast providers, Real Wise Radio, and, of course, our YouTube channel. Hey there, kids and cadets, it's Tim from the FSF Popcast, and you're listening to the Scariff Podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey,
2: it's Dragon Buddy, and you're listening to the Scariff Podcast, that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, it's Toby One Kenobi, you're listening to the Scariff Podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt.
0: Hey, this is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access and Big T Little T Podcast. You're listening to the Scariff Podcast. And that's the scuttlebutt.
2: Hello, this is Hondo Onaka. You are listening to the Scarab Podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Okay, cut. Who has my credits? I must get going. I'm being chased by the Empire after all.
0: Tune into the Scarf Scuttlebutt Podcast, deep dives, geek talk, and an occasional butt. Only on the Red Five Network. stupid
2: radio voice
1: stupid radio voice and we're recording <laughs>
3: Yay.
2: <laughs> Yay. Yay. Yay! love you roe this podcast is a member of
0: the red five network for more red five network podcasts and content creators visit bio.link red five gotham needs its
2: true hero You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
0: What's up, Scuttlebutt Nation, Ro here. Recently, we lost Kevin Conroy, voice actor for one of pop culture's most influential rendition, of the Dark Knight. This week's episode takes us on a journey through the legacy of the animated series with Shanti, Josh, and patron guest The Frank as they dive into Gotham straight to the heart of Batman and the animated series. Let's join the show already in progress.
1: Welcome Scuttle Buddies. This is your What one of three hosts of Scarab Scuttlebutt podcast because our lovely Brad is away and Ro let me take the reins over because he doesn't know dick about this subject so we are taking over today we are going to be talking about the legacy of Batman the animated series and this was a topic that was suggested to us by not only our friend but Patreon the Frank hi Frank how you doing
3: how's it going everybody
1: good 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 and of course we are joined by uh one of our batman lovers and my co host over at scariff after dark josh sith care bear cinnamon roll parent lover (laughs) how you doing josh
2: i am excellent very happy to be here
1: good good so um unfortunately uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, Frank, uh, as you were saying, uh, this came to mind because, unfortunately, uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman in the animated series, uh, passed away tragically over the weekend. Um, rest in peace, buddy. So uh, can you give us just a little quick, uh, yeah, just a little quick thought process? Is that why you wanted to do this? Or is it also just because it's celebrating its anniversary?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, so, yeah, it's celebrating its anniversary this year, uh, Batman the Animated Series. But it's also something that I've I've always wanted to talk about because I always feel like when people think of Batman, you know, obviously they think of comic books. They think of the movies and, you know, obviously more recently with um, Robert Pattinson playing the Batman. Um, um, but, you know, I feel like uh, even though uh, Kevin Costner, uh, not Kevin Costner, what am I saying? Michael Keaton.
1: Like what he
3: was i was like i was like i was like kevin costner was he in batman no, martha <laughs> well actually well, he wasn't superman so there yes was he was oh, wait, like, i see the there connection there uh but you know the michael oh, keaton you know did an amazing job as as batman but i feel like the real um i guess like the genesis of the batman really started with the batman animated series you know it not only gave us such a memorable performance by kevin conroy but it probably gave us one of the quintessential jokers with Mark Hamill it's like when you hear that voice when you hear that joker voice the, the first thing that pops up in, in your head is is Mark Hamill ah. Mark Hamill just nailed that part perfectly when when the second we heard that scary laugh we knew we knew we had the joker <laughs> you know it also spawned so many characters that were not even in the comic books which I know you'll appreciate appreciate this Chantel. Harley Quinn was spawned by Batman the animated series.
1: And thank God.
3: You know, it's yeah, it's 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 unbelievable, but it's like it it started off as a as a TV a kids TV show and it just spawned into something just so much bigger, you know, uh it came you know, this brought out uh Superman, uh the Justice League, Batman Beyond. Uh, I feel like this this show helped us bring out the, the Arkham games. It just, I, you know, I felt like it was just like something. And then obviously with, with the passing of Kevin Conroy, I just felt like it's like, you know, we need to talk about this because it's just, it's such a part of our childhood.
0: You know, I remember when I was a little,
3: when I was a little kid watching this Mm -hmm. show, every time I would come on Fox and just be blown away of like, not only the fact that it looked visually looked amazing. The soundtrack by Danny Elfman. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But it's just like the story that it would tell yeah. it's just so fascinating and i felt like you know like we should just you know obviously do this as kind of like not a a somber obviously with kevin conrad but as a tribute to his his fantastic work as the batman
1: absolutely absolutely um now for me we'll get to josh in a second um for me i was only i mean this came out september 5th 1992 so we are currently in the midst of celebrating its 30th anniversary which Boggles my mind. But obviously with that being said, I was only six years old when the show premiered. So I'm pretty sure I didn't watch it at the age of six. I'm sure I probably watched it through reruns as I maybe got into middle school. But it was definitely, of course, being a huge Batman lover, I loved it because of the obvious connection that it had to the Tim Burton Batman universe, especially using Danny Elfman's um music and also the style, you know, you could tell it's set in modern times just like the Tim Burton ones, but then at the same time people are wearing clothes that looks like it came from the 40s and it just had and that really too. and the cars too just had that really weird but beautiful blend. And of course like you just mentioned it gave us one of the greatest characters that you as you said, was spawned from the show, which was Harley Quinn. And I was actually rewatching a couple of episodes today on HBO Max. And it is amazing to me how quickly she got introduced, you know, because I hadn't watched this in so long. And I watched it probably out of order because of the rerun. So I didn't realize just how early on Harley Quinn was actually introduced in the animated series. I mean, literally, like, the fifth episode of the first season so it's amazing how long harley's been around and what an and impact people instantly
3: fell in love with her like they she were like had, they had yeah. no idea who this character was and they just completely fell in love with her
1: yeah and one thing that i do like about this is that it it might be a kid's show but it doesn't treat kids like kids and i'm sure that that's definitely something that uh josh can agree with now josh you are Slightly older than us, not by much, so relax. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you come across? How old were you when you first? Did you watch it right away when it first premiered?
2: Yes, yes, I, I, um, I watched it when it first came out. I remember highly anticipating its release. And I was in the eighth grade, um, you know, getting geared up for high school, and and uh, and it was just something that was blowing my mind in these trailers that we were seeing uh on television and and of course we were fresh off of batman and batman returns and and the imagery that i was seeing was so reminiscent of that um and and in the end i could not have been more satisfied i mean it, it truly was a masterpiece of uh, the the art style the way it harkens back to the old superman serials that used to be at the beginning of films back in the 40s um and the, the fact that it was drawn on black paper to give it all that very dark aesthetic um and the voice talent across the board was amazing um and and you know i feel like it all culminated to the release of uh, with the release of batman mask of the phantasm which was amazing to have a theatrical release for a a a you know, television series like that. I mean, it was definitely something that was not common, and um, and it was so well crafted, and had again such amazing voice acting, and and the maturity level of the storytelling. I mean, you talk about Harley Quinn and the Joker. I mean, their relationship was abusive it was abusive absolutely in every possible way Uh, i mean looking back on it thinking of what i was witnessing as a child um you know it was some pretty heavy stuff and Mm -hmm. and they really dove deeply into into bruce wayne and into batman and his psyche um and and in the end it, it all led to i mean people talk about the mcu and how amazing that is and people talk about the failings of of the dc cinematic universe um but people don't talk about the success of the DC animated film universe. And, and all of that's owed to, you know, the, the production and direction of, um, of Bruce Tim and, and the, the amazing, uh, voice casting of, uh, Andrea Romano. Um, I mean, it really led to so many amazing stories that have been told through animation. Um, and, and frankly, I think are in many ways superior to any other comic book storytelling we've gotten. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it is, it is like I said, a masterpiece. Um, it, it's is. Just, uh, it is. It is.
1: I. I. I of, yeah, I often <laughs> say that the Batman animated series is like gold standard in my mind in terms of not just animation, but. <sighs> What you should shoot for when you're making shows like that for kids. Because I I, I, I get that they're kids, but I don't like treating kids as if they're dumb. You know what I mean? Like, even now, 36, having watched the few episodes that I watched today, I was like, God, even now, in this day and age, 30 years later, these storylines are still... Pretty mature and still really adult, and I can sit here and watch them and completely forget that I'm even watching something that is animated, which I think is speaks volumes. And I actually hate that, unfortunately, sometimes people snub their nose at animation because you can really tell some great stories, and it can just completely take you out of the fact that it's animated. I mean, we've been we saw that with Tales of the Jedi. I don't know if you saw it, Frank. I know. Josh did, but that's another great example of mm-hmm. animation being done right and telling a great story.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen Tales of the Jedi yet, but that's oh, always that, that, yeah, that's on excellent. my watch list. I'm I'm very behind on everything. I'm really sorry. <laughs> How
1: <laughs> dare you, nerd card oh, yeah. revoked No, no.
2: <laughs> tisk Tisk.
0: See, Fatsy, I think of everything. Ah!
3: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, yeah. Just harking back to what you were saying, it's like you know how the story. Yeah, I mean, people forget. Like, yeah, it's an animated show. It was on. It was on Fox. You know, for kids and stuff like that. I, I think it came on after Animaniacs or before Animaniacs. Yes, but, yes. But the story... Old would,
2: WB block. Yeah.
3: Correct. Yeah, it would always. But the stories that it would yes, tell, like yes. it dealt with a lot of issues that like it hits really deep for a kids' show. It, like it, it showed the struggle that uh, Bruce Swain was going through. You know, like like I remember episodes where he, you know, he would be visiting his parents' grave and he would ha- be having that internal struggle of like, do I want to be Batman? Do I, do I, you know, like what do, what am I doing? And then like uh, one of the episodes I I remember uh, watching was when um he would he would meet every single year on the anniversary of his parents' death with the um I guess like it's um a, a nurse or like a, a mother uh who kind of like took him in and, and like helped him during during that time they would meet every single year they would walk together down Crime Alley and put down two roses you know and like I'm like in, in your mind you're thinking like this is a kid's show. This is a kid's show and they're showing like that even as you know even adults, even somebody like Batman who, you know, has a very tough exterior and beats the shit out of criminals. You know, this is also somebody who had a very traumatic thing happen to him. His parents were killed in front of him. And he decided that I'm never going to let that happen to me again and decided to become the Batman. It's like, I mean, like for a kid's show in the 90s. And
1: that's the thing. When we say kids, we're not talking about teenagers or like josh who was about to go into high school we're talking about a show that was literally geared to like nine elementary elementary Elementary. and still but you know what still they they did it in a way you know because i obviously read some of the trivia because i hadn't read the trivia in a long time obviously there were guidelines they had to follow and even to the point where they had to age up Robin because they couldn't show children in peril and things like that. So they did things obviously. So I think they even, I think I had even read that they, uh, they were very particular on how even fire was used on the show just because they didn't want to have that undue influence on kids. So I do, I do appreciate that. And it still retained humor as well. I mean, watching as always the back and forth between, Batman or Bruce and Alfred you know they maintain that but you said something Frank that is something that the show got really right that the movies haven't really been able to do that and do yet and I think that's only because movies can only be so long and you have more room to let things breathe when you're doing you know a show we just don't get enough Bruce Wayne in the movie and this is where I think the animated show really helps to flesh out more of the Bruce Wayne character.
2: I think that's also where Kevin Conroy's talent really shines yes. because, because, you know, he he didn't have his Christian Bale, I'm Batman voice. You know, he, mm-hmm. he he had this it was a it was a distinction in tone. You know, yeah. Bruce had this very gentle, forgiving, kind sound to his voice whereas batman was very stern and serious um but it was still the same person but just that shift in tone made it sound completely different um and you found yourself much more sympathetic to bruce and you found yourself you know at times fearing batman um as as he wanted you to Um, yeah yeah
3: no yeah he like, he kind of took tropes from from Michael Keaton's Batman, but just, right. you know, like, a, you know, when, when people think of Michael Keaton's Batman, they don't necessarily think of him as Bruce Wayne. They think of him more as Batman right. because his, the Bruce Wayne character was very rarely on screen. He was mainly mostly in the – um as Batman. But, like, you know, Bruce – you know, Michael Keaton had a very, like, like, almost like soft tone voice. You know, he didn't – you know, unless – the one scene that always cracks me up every time I see it when like he goes to Jack Nichols and says, like, you
1: want
0: to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts.
1: Come on. Where he sounds like Beetlejuice for about exactly. a yeah. second. I'm exactly. Like,
3: I'm like, he's channeling his inner Beetlejuice a little bit. I'm like, I, I almost think he forgot what movie he was in. Um, But then like when he goes into Batman, it's the same voice. But like but like Josh said, like he just brings it down just a little bit. Almost, a little. To like, almost to Almost like a whisper. You know, mm-hmm. very, very soft. But I think, yeah, you, you hit it on the head. Kevin Conroy – you know, he just, he, to me, he nailed it out of the park mm-hmm. where like the Batman character was very like, almost like suave, mm-hmm. you know, but not arrogant, yes. you know, Yes, you know, but Playful. then the, exactly. But then the minute he turned into Batman, it's like, it's like a, a um, like a switch. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, he's like, he didn't have to do the, the, where are the drugs? You know, like Christian mm-hmm. Bale or yeah. swear to I, me, swear to I have me, no idea what the hell Ben Affleck did. Tell me. You know this like, exactly <laughs> it's a very it's a very soft thing almost like almost kind of like what what Robert Patson I guess was going for very
1: you know? much listen yeah. I'm all about pats as bats as I'm sure everybody knows and yes, I man, yeah. think he towed that line beautifully absolutely as well because at the end of the day when you're coming face to face with us well not Michael Keaton because he's the shortest Batman but On average, if you're coming face-to-face with a six-foot man dressed all in black like that, a black cape, a black bat cowl, I can assure you, you don't need to go that far with the voice because the imagery alone is so imposing that they're really... And I love Christian Bale, but even I can admit he took it a little too far with that because you do find yourself kind of giggling a little bit and it can kind of can take you completely out of the scene and yeah.
2: that was that was another thing that was excellent about the animated series. They understood that it was very much the image of Batman. You know, they they very heavily relied on that silhouette. And mm-hmm. all you saw was just the shape, you know, the the, the square shoulders the and, eyes. and the, the, the eyes and the oh. ears, you know, and, and, it, and he, he was menacing. Um, yeah. and I would definitely be scared if I saw that out in the dark alley. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I love that. I love that they embraced that and understood what the character was all about. They also understood, they also
1: understood, like, this is Batman. We all know who he is. And I know you're going to say, Frank, because watching it, it's true. When you go and watch it, like, there is no title card Mm -mm. that says Batman, the animated series. No, it just gives you this nice little montage pinned up against Danny Elfman's score. And that's all you need to know. The opening title. I
2: love how the WB sign yeah. turns yes. into oh, the blimp it, it, it into with the oh. the lights. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic.
3: Me, I've been having
1: a really great time watching it, honestly, It's revisiting. my favorite
3: opening title to it's any beautiful. show. It's, yes, per, like it's, it's almost perfect. It's mm-hmm. like it's just like you said, Chantel. Like they don't say the Batman animated series. You know who it is. like. Like all they do is like they show two people going into a bank, it blowing mm-hmm. up. And then you just see the Batmobile just feeding the fuck out of there, and it's like it's like you know you know what's happening now. <laughs> and the guys are and, in the roof. Oh. You just see them drop down with the cape. Okay. And, and, and again, okay. the entire Bat- time Batmobile's they rely. Really
2: awesome, oh yeah, oh, it's so
1: sleek. Oh. It's a little more phallic looking because it's a little bit longer. <laughs> it's very long, but yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. It's by the way, notes. We don't need notes. There are no notes on today's show because that's how we roll. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> Ro, I know, I know you're older than us, but Rome get HBO max, please. Cause I know you don't have it and go rewatch this animated series. It's because It's actually just watch it. Cause he's never watched it. It really is so good. And you can enjoy it as an adult. You really yes. can.
3: I think you you could enjoy it more as an adult because, yes. it, you know, because you under, you understand the mythos behind the Batman mm-hmm. and it just like it pinpoints all these new adventures, these new tales that, you know, uh, and it makes you like almost like feel bad for characters that you would think you would never feel mm-hmm. bad for. I remember watching uh, one of the, because like I didn't take notes, but I wrote down a few episodes about
2: like, you?
1: Sorry. Let me tell you. Oh, the no, the no, Mr.
2: Freeze no. episodes. Fantastic. I saw that one
1: today. Heart of Ice is yeah, like. It's Heart
2: of Ice. Wow. It's amazing.
1: Absolutely no, that, amazing.
2: about Sister yeah. Like,
3: who would in a million years, because the Mr. Freeze character, unfortunately, was turned into a. A big steaming pile piece of shit because of yes. one of and Joel schumacher may he rest in peace but and i love arnold bad. too exactly <laughs> and you felt bad for him because he's almost exactly like batman mm-hmm. it's like he was put in a situation where he just wanted to help his wife yeah and then yeah. like it's almost like uh how um oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to remember it's like uh how uh batman and the joker you know are are two sides two of the, sides same of the coin exactly yeah. it's like you know like you know all it took like in the in the killing joke it says like all it took was one bad day mm-hmm. yeah and look and look what happened it turned you into that and it turned me into this mm-hmm. same thing with him it took one bad day it's like his character the characters in the show are just so complex and so complex and so like you know you feel bad for them you feel bad for them
2: and you know, speaking you, of the yeah. killing joke, I love that, that Kevin Conroy and Mark oh, Hamill came back. And Mark Hamill that said
1: that he would only come back to do the – because obviously it's a great strain on his vocal cords. But he said – he was quoted as saying that if he was ever going to do the voice again for the Joker, it would be for the killing joke. Unfortunately, yeah. the movie was – not yeah, great. the book is amazing. I still the enjoyed is, it. Um, no, the, the graphic the, novels are the absolutely novel is amazing. Yeah. amazing. But,
3: but just watching them two just work together, it's just like yeah. it's so like it's like they were just meant to be. It's like it's like mm-hmm. it's like this. It's like like you can never hear him playing Batman without Mark Hamill's Joker, and vice versa.
0: Looks like we're experiencing technical
2: difficulty, but don't worry, folks. We're still on the air. Woo, 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 woo,
0: Alright friends, time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks. We're super lucky to have you. Big thanks to our Executor Tier patrons, Backyard Tardis Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Can't forget our other patrons Rogue One Radio. Thank you, DJ Steve and Nicole. And check out comics and cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on comics and uh, cosmetics. Go subscribe to her show. Our Miami pal, the Frank. What's up, Frank? And Joey Rosales, longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you, kind sir. Massive shout out to my co host and mistress of the dark, Chantel of Scarif After Dark. And the ever so wonderful Belinda. Thank you so much, and I'm glad you're on this list. Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay. And our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons, and if you wanna help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash Scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif, with patrons like you.
1: And this is where I say that when Kevin Conroy passed away and I got the news, first of all, it took everything in me not to cry in front of my parents because I didn't want them to make fun of me. <laughs> but, you know, I told my mom about the importance of who Kevin Conroy is. And I said, even with it being animated, I told her, a lot of us will put Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill into the mix with live action when ranking Jokers and Batmans. I mean, they are And they often come out on top. They are that deserving to go above the live action. I mean, I love Keaton. He will always be my Batman, but Kevin Conroy just got it right. Same thing with Mark Hamill. I mean- Down to the design, the laugh, you know, his speaking voice, the ruthlessness. I I mean, he really did a great job of embodying the Joker.
3: I feel like Michael Keaton embodied the Batman as far as Mm -hmm. like the Batman character. But I feel like Kevin Conroy not only embodied the Batman, but Bruce Wayne. Like he gave Bruce Wayne that that voice because like every like, you know, like we said, like, you know, every every iteration of the Batman, whether it be live action or anime, you know, you hear that Bruce Wayne voice and you're kind of thinking, like, would he really sound that way? Yeah. But then when you hear Kevin Conroy, it's like you instantly, that's Bruce Wayne.
0: Wayne Manor, one moment, please. A call for Master Bruce from a Dr. March.
2: Hey, what's up, Doc? Well, everyone always says that Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman's really the man. And and I think that this series showed that that's not the case, that it Bruce Wayne is the man, and Batman yeah. is the mask, and it runs yeah. much deeper than people realize. And the fact that the show respected children enough to want to tell those stories, um, I think, is very important and a testament to the writing. Um, I, I think that it's unfortunate today that so many children are... Kind of kept ignorant from the realities of life and then they they become adults and they're blindsided by the harshness of, of their reality and uh, and I think that it was important back then that many of the the shows that we watched kind of, put that on our shoulders and and showed us what it was all about. And, 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 you know, rewatching it as an adult, you really appreciate the fullness of the storytelling. Um, You don't just see what's on the surface um, and it it really ages extremely well. I think
1: the messaging
2: is very universal and, and I think will always be something people can enjoy.
1: We definitely weren't uh, coddled in the eighties and and nineties, like at all. Yeah, No. no, for sure
3: and we can appreciate the fact that they actually gave Batman a cowl.
0: Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't yes. rubber,
3: it wasn't like some sort of helmet, it was an actual cowl where he had yeah. to like put it on yeah. and he could take it off. It's like that's that was Batman, like the cape and cowl, that's what it is. Not like this rubber suit that he has to like rip <laughs> off or this helmet whatever. But yeah, now, it's, the appreciate I mean it's just I mean
1: yeah. Now I was a kid obviously when I watched it, so I wasn't as much as I loved movies and stuff, I still wasn't knee deep into knowing actors and stuff. Cause again, I must've been maybe about 10 years old when I actually started watching the series. But Josh, did you know right away that Mark Hamill was voicing the Joker and did it shock you to think, Oh my God, this is Luke Skywalker.
2: I, <laughs> I, would, I, I did I not. Would've... I'm sure all the folks at home will enjoy sharing this special occasion.
0: With uh, the Joker, uh, I imagined I was in a 1930s radio drama. I love voiceover animation because people can't see you. You make these choices that you would never do if you were doing a live action role.
1: I would have never have thought.
0: No, I, mean, I
2: honestly, I had no idea watching the show initially because I, I I was a kid. I didn't pay attention to the credits. I was right. more, you know, looking for the cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I it was not until the, the the Mask of the Phantasm film came out and, you know, it was up on the big screen and Mark mm-hmm. Hamill's name came up and I was like, wait, what? Mark Hamill's the Joker. Um, and uh, and Miss then Guy I, Skywalker's of course, and Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then I did... I mean, obviously, as a Star Wars fan, I immediately just lost it um, and it gave me a whole new... Um, respect for him as an actor, absolutely. Um, because even though it is just voice acting, I, I don't really think it's fair to say it's just voice acting because there's so much more that goes into it. And frankly, I think it's a lot more difficult to truly evoke what you're trying to do yeah. when it's just you in a studio. You know, they're not really interacting with one another. A lot of times, they're completely alone, just recording the dialogue. Um, and and I think that it, it's really a testament to. To how fine of an actor and performer he, he really is. And it's
1: true, and it it's, I don't think people realize, I mean, even doing this, where we're not actually doing voice acting, we're just recording a podcast, but you can so easily fall into that trap of just sounding completely monotone and having absolutely no emotion in your voice. And that's incredibly boring, so I, I, I agree that there definitely is something to voice acting, changing your pitch, conveying that emotion in a way that you know, needs to match what is being put on that screen. And this show is actually a little distinct. It doesn't happen often, but they did actually record together. Mm. And they did actually bounce off of each other, which I think is actually really fascinating because that actually doesn't happen very often when they're doing things like this. They normally are recording by themselves. So that must have been actually... I would love to have been the fly on the wall watching them all record together
3: there's actually a, a great documentary on, I think it's on Hulu, mm-hmm. where it actually d- dives into the lives of voice actors. You oh, know, really? um of how, like, you know, people think, like, oh, they're just talking, like, oh, I could do that. I could just talk into a mic. And, you know, it's like, it's like, no, you can't. I'm like, these no. people, like, it's a skill. It is, it is probably just as hard as acting mm-hmm. because of the simple fact that, like, like you said, you don't have somebody to work with, you know, right in front of you. Sometimes they put you in a little dark room, put some, headphones on you have a screen that probably is showing you the everything that's happening and then you have a script right in front of you and then you and then you have to find that voice because you can't just like you're like it's like i'm batman no it's like you have to find that voice that you know makes you distinguishable from everybody else same thing with mark hamill yeah when when you said ask josh i'm like did you know that that was my? i'm like i had no idea hmm. it wasn't until probably like like you said much later on that i'm like luke skywalker was the joker it's like bro, expect that. Yo, that alone should have you watching this show absolutely
1: absolutely. It's, it's really
3: freaking amazing.
1: And that's but, another reason why I would like to see behind the scenes if and I'm sure there is footage because I've I know I've been seeing footage coming out of Kevin Conroy in the recording booth. And I would love to see that with Mark Hamill because yeah. I read that he would actually stand up. The rest of the actors would sit down, but I read he would actually stand up so that he could kind of move around a little bit yeah, more yeah a lot of
2: expression uh, on his face and a lot of out. yeah yes. a lot of physicality yes. when he did his work yeah
0: They used to kid me because I was the only one who would stand up. Yes, well, this is all
2: tremendously boring.
0: They had these little, you know, those separators that you see, like, for musicians, so your sound doesn't bleed into other people's mics. And everybody's sitting down at their little music stand. And I just thought, to energize the character, to shake my fist, and I felt I've got to stand up. What do you think we can do about that?
1: Underestimate the power of animation, people. I mean, seriously, no.
2: it's not all for kids.
3: You should check out on YouTube. On YouTube, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably free for all people. Um, uh, Paul Dini, one of the creators of the Batman the anime Series, he came out with the. They came out with a documentary called uh, uh, Batman, or it's called The Heart of the Batman, which is basically like a documentary of how the show started. Oh. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, they do have some footage of Kevin Conroy. Uh, Mark Hamill, um, uh, Arlene have to look S- that up. Arlene Sorkin, who played mm-hmm. um, uh, Harley Quinn, um, they're all there. They're all there. Uh, just you know, and it's it's just crazy on how like, yeah, it's like you see these people and like the like this powerful voice just comes out of them, and then they put it on the screen, and you're like completely blown away.
1: Yeah. Do you know where Paul Dini got the inspiration for the Harley Quinn outfit for Harley Quinn?
3: I know this answer, but I'm not going to, I'm going to totally mess it up.
1: He actually saw Arlene Sorkin on an episode of Days of Our Lives wearing like a jester outfit like that. And that gave him the inspiration to put Harley in a Harlequin outfit. And I thought that was really interesting. And I always try to find that clip of her on Days of Our Lives because I'd love to see where the actual inspiration came from. And that's another thing. It really is amazing to me, the power of this show, that it did produce somebody like Harley Quinn, who wasn't part of the original comic book runs or anything like that. And she probably now, which kind of pains me to say, because we all know how much I love Catwoman, but I would say she has most definitely surpassed (laughs) Catwoman in terms of popularity. Yeah.
2: And the okay. relationship between Harley and Joker is actually heavily modeled after the relationship between Roy Batty and Pris from Blade Runner. Oh, hmm. really? Yeah, Did Daryl Hannah's character man. and Rutger Hauer. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, there's one particular scene um that's there's they directly pulled from for an episode of Earth Really? Batman. Yeah. Huh. I have to check that out.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And again, if you're somebody who wants to maybe get into that universe and get into the Batman, I think the animated series is actually a very good starting point because yeah. watching just these first like six episodes, I it was really amazing to see how many of the origin stories they give you. You know, like I was watching the origin of Clayface. They don't just like jump into it. Heart of Ice, they showed you how he became Mr. Freeze. Same thing with Harvey Dent turning into Two Face. I really, I that was, that really, was another that's one. a great one. I really appreciate one. this show taking its time in giving us the background because Batman has the best rogue of villains in my yeah. opinion. Even between Marvel and DC, like just the best, and they did such a wonderful job with that.
3: Well, going back to what you're saying about about Harvey Dent, about how it dealt with mental illness because mm-hmm. yeah people think like he was a bad guy because he was you know the the face and everything but then you saw like how slowly throughout the show when they were showing his character he was on the verge of like a nervous breakdown like he was like he like you know like of uh, uh, split personalities you know st- like, this is a kid's show. Once again, like, I, I wanna, like it's a kid's show. And they're diving into a person who is, you know, he has a stressful job. He's the district attorney of Gotham. He's about to get married. He's trying to bring down the mob. I mean, we kind of saw it in uh, The Dark Knight, but obviously they didn't dive so far into him, you know, having a split personality. Um, but yeah and then like you know the episode where he finally does his face gets you know messed up and then he's in the hospital and he's running out and like his, his, like his soon to be wife is there and she turns and sees his face and she just faints yeah, and then he's just like you know it's very powerful stuff for her a cartoon show.
2: For- well, and that's the advantage of it having been a series because they could really take their time and, and flesh out these characters. And like we said earlier, really make you sympathetic and, and, you know, at least make you understand their motivations and, and right. why they became what they became.
1: And I find this to be different than, cause I know Roe and Brad not so long ago did, did an episode on how, Disney seems to be falling into the trap of wanting to redeem a lot of villains and explaining a lot of their bad behavior away, like the Cruella movie and, you know, Maleficent and stuff like that. And I feel like the animated series is not trying to do that. They are just giving you a true origin story they're not saying that we condone any of the things that they're doing but look this is just everything that led up to Mm -hmm. the breaking point they make
2: you fully understand why Um, you know they're not trying to convince you whether they're good or bad they let you make that decision on your own Um, again it's one of those moments where the show respected its viewers and allowed them to you know interpret it the way they wanted to
1: and honestly that 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 does a really good job of helping you develop empathy, honestly, Mm -hmm. because when I was watching the Heart of Ice episode, God, I mean, if I was in, you know, Dr. Freeze's position, I would probably end up doing the same thing. You know what I mean? So, again, not condoning their actions, but understanding the psychology behind it.
2: Absolutely. Which,
1: again, is such a complex thing.
2: Yeah, (laughs) and a very mature thing.
3: It is can we also say that this show probably
1: gave to
3: me my all-time favorite uh jim gordon
0: call an ambulance (laughs) barbara (sighs) oh my god no oh i I love
3: i love the jim gordon because i just love the really like because a lot of the movies like obviously in the in the Christopher Nolan one, they gave more of a relationship with Batman and Jim Gordon. We did not get that at all in uh, the Michael Keaton one, and maybe we'll get that with the Robert Patson. But I felt like this, like it was like almost like a like a partnership with Jim Gordon and yeah. Batman.
2: And I think we it, got glimpses of that in the in the Pattinson Batman. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
1: We did. Yeah, we did. yeah, yeah. We did a good job of that. One
3: mm, of my we favorite... saw them
2: doing detective work together, mm-hmm. and I like that.
3: One of my favorite episodes is. Um, jim gordon goes to a diner and sits down and the waitress comes and she goes like he's not here yet and he's like oh don't worry he will be and then literally right behind her is batman he sits down they order a cup of coffee because it's new year's Mm. and they toast to each other saying like almost like another year down another year to come it's like you know we're still alive we're still doing this Mm -hmm. and then like you know it's like and then like almost jim kind of wants to say like you know like you know like like, how much longer are we going to do this? Yeah, And then Batman goes, like,
2: as long as it takes. Oh, it's
1: so, that's, that's so That's powerful. It's so it powerful. is powerful. The, the,
0: oh, the messaging but,
2: and, there is just amazing. And for children to watch something like that and to see something that's so human and so yeah. normal and basic, and it really will help them later in life appreciate the smaller things, you know, those the small little make, moments that define the part us. that always
3: makes me laugh is uh, when Jim thinks he's got the jump on Batman, saying, like, oh, I already took care of the bill the waitress comes is like oh he took care of it before you got here yeah <laughs> and then, like, and then when he turns around to go look at Batman he's already gone
1: <laughs> what a boss what a boss and this is why I love Batman he's just such a complex character you know and it's I almost feel like sometimes it's just too easy with some of like the Marvel characters or the DC characters that have the more like supernatural powers as too. And I'm not saying that Batman is 100% relatable because like not all of us have had to watch our parents shot right in front of us. But again you can empathize with the thought of that you can put him, you can put yourself in those shoes and I think that that's why he's such uh, such an amazing character it's
2: also hard yeah. for a lot of us to relate to being a billionaire industrialist as well but um, a, I, but, I, but you know that's one of the things, things a that a I person. also loved about the show is there were several episodes that just focused on Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. being the key to solving the mystery of the episode or defeating yeah. the villain um, yeah. as Bruce Wayne being Right. the the billionaire industrialist that he is and because it's yeah. you know fighting the crime of gotham isn't just about putting on spandex and beating up goons it's it's right. also about you know what's going on in the upper echelon of their society and and he's a very key factor there and I, the show really explored that very often I, I really appreciated that
3: well he's by far the most out of all the justice league he's the most human mm-hmm. like he's, he is he's, he's he's i mean not um obviously not matter of, you know, obviously he's one of the only humans on the, in the justice league, but he's like the most, like he knows, you know, when he's to be done. And, but he's also a very, like, I guess like it's kind of funny to say, but like very sympathetic character, you know, somebody who it's like, he has a, he has a hard, he has a tough exterior, but he has a, like a heart of gold.
1: Right. You know? He's mushy on the inside. He's the the mushy day. on the inside, yeah.
3: but it's, yeah
1: nice I I, and that's why i have a hard time relating to superman you know what i mean it's not that i don't i know i've been hating on him a lot lately but thank you black adam uh it helped to kind of rekindle or actually lessen my hate for Superman but that's why I sometimes don't like Superman because it's a little too hard for me to relate to someone who is essentially perfect
2: well like Frank was saying earlier I mean another thing that was great about this series is it led to superman the animated series which was excellent and then it led to justice league which was even better justice league unlimited the way that they took b and c list characters and and really Put them in the in the the limelight and and made you appreciate who they were um, and and how hardcore they were able to to make certain characters that had been perceived as wimpy before. Um, I'll never forget the introduction of Aquaman in Justice League. Yeah. Um, and he literally is fighting against his brother who's trying to take over his kingdom and the world, and his brother sh- chains him to a boulder with his infant child attached to it and and sends it sliding into a lava pit oh down under God. the ocean. <laughs> and and <laughs> and shit? and Aquaman literally uses his belt buckle to cut his own hand off.
0: To, to save, save his
2: infant child. What? Who's screaming the entire time. I mean, you would talk about mature storytelling, you know? Um, but the fact that they would do something like that, and I mean, Aquaman was beast from that point on for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, what they were able to do. And a lot of it, like I said, was was about having the time to tell those stories. Okay, but, um,
1: my hatred goes, or I should say strong dislike goes back so far that I think I remember, like... Because again, I watched it like on rerun. So I think the Superman series would come on like right afterwards. And I think I remember just being like really pissed off like, oh man, you ruined it. Batman's over. Now
3: here comes this Aww. idiot.
1: I'm so sorry. I I'm used to so love when they did sorry. the
3: crossover episodes. Because uh, mm. when, yeah, when Batman those anime series, I guess, concluded, they came out with then the new adventures new of adventures. Batman yeah. and Robin. Yeah. And then that's when they were started doing crossover episodes with, with Batman and Superman. And what I love, which is kind of funny, it's like, it's like i know that the that the animators did this on purpose mm-hmm. they gave batman and superman the same build
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah where they
3: looked exactly the same the only difference is is that the superman is you know indestructible and in superhuman strength and batman is yeah. it's is, is just a man but there was one episode I'll never forget where they actually introduced them to each other and batman was you know, beating up a, a a goon, and then Superman comes in. It's like, oh, that's not how we do this. And then Batman just grabs his arm and then just throws him across the <laughs> room. And then everybody, I was watching this, and I'm like, it's fucking Superman. It's like he just threw him across the room.
2: It's I mean, like Batman didn't play around. Batman did know. not man. No, that's he my did man. not. Man. That or not. Enough. That's what's up. But Superman <clears throat> respected him and that was what was so exactly. great about it. Yeah. And and I love that you know, all the voice actors transitioned over mm-hmm. um, from each show to the other and, uh, and and we really got some excellent talent. I mean Tim Daly's voicing Superman was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um uh, you know, Clancy Brown is Lex Luthor. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was
3: But you
1: see, that is something else that I absolutely admire about these voice actors. More often than not, a lot of actors tend to Kind of resent maybe certain characters that they're known for or what they're the most popular for, and I have never gotten that feeling from Kevin Conroy or Mark Hamill or like or Arlene Sorge like they all really, really enjoyed voicing mm-hmm. these characters yeah. that they even continue to do it even to the point where Kevin Conroy was doing the voices even for the video games. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. I love hearing that that you don't feel like. Well, now I'm typecast, and now this is all I'm going to do. No, they actually really appreciated. They the loved it. They, had they had a love for and what mm-hmm. it also means to the fans. Yeah, know, so. Ke-
2: Kevin Conroy loved being Batman probably more than we loved him being Batman.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I remember. And, uh, yeah.
3: Oh, sorry. Now I was going to say, like, I'm like people posting, you know, Kevin Conroy videos when he passed away. There was a video where he posted. Where he started off talking as Batman saying, like, this is Kevin Conroy's Batman. You know, and then uh, he was making a video for uh, somebody who had lost their grandmother. Aww. And he was saying, like, listen, he's like, I completely understand where you're coming from because I I was there when both my parents died. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was able to hold their hands and say goodbye. You know, he has such a genuine love because he knows how much the fans loved him. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to replicate that love by not, you know, obviously, you know, everybody knows him as Batman and Bruce Wayne. But, like, you know, as Kevin Con- Conroy, the human, the the person, had a genuine love for the people who loved what he did.
1: Yeah.
3: And he wanted people to say, like, listen, I may be this person who does this, but I genuinely care that you're feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that I feel this way for you. And like, uh, you
1: know? I, I f- uh, follow... I don't know how to even word this now that he, now that he's passed away because most actors the twitter continues to live on even after they've passed away someone's yeah. running still the Kevin Conroy twitter but you know following him and stuff like that um I did notice that he was pretty interactive with his followers on Twitter and I think that that's absolutely lovely in fact when I had posted something that he had passed away Uh, someone had responded saying like, oh, that makes me so sad because he had actually liked a couple of my tweets and had responded to one of them and he was so nice and so kind. And, you know, that to me speaks so much to the person that even something, and I get it. I know to some people it might seem stupid and this and that, but you know what? We all, we all do it. We all idolize somebody. We all want that attention from, you know, a celebrity, I don't care who you are, don't deny it. So someone like him who means so much to the nerd world, it is really nice to see that he was so interactive with his followers and his fans. Yeah. 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 So <sighs> you are sorely, sorely missed. You are no, really, very, really, really, really missed Kevin Conroy. Thank much. you so much.
3: Um, I also just wanted to touch on, you know, we we're talking about the Batman animated series and the new Adventures of Batman and Robin. A very underrated show that came out late 90s uh, Batman Beyond.
2: In a future without heroes, you're Batman. I was Batman, and without hope. You gotta do something. Never again. One young man will step forward to become the dark knight for a new era. Warner Brothers presents. Yeah, a brand new hero. Stop where you are. No thanks. Having too much fun. Batman Beyond. Own it on video and look for these classic Batman animated features: Mask of the Phantasm and Sub Zero. Wherever videos are sold. Batman and just
3: like, like into the future. It's like you know, like what would happen, Batman, in the future?
2: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once again,
3: Kevin Conroy, being the amazing voice actor that he is took bruce wayne the bruce wayne that we knew and he completely changed them where he wasn't this very uh playboyish happy-go-lucky type of person made him into like a old grumpy crotchety (laughs) crotchety old man but still with the will to want to do good to still want to continue the fight as the batman but obviously you know his body you know yeah you know couldn't handle it but then like you know the adventures with uh terry mcginnis taking up the cowl as the batman uh evidently played by um was it um wolf from uh boy meets world right Mm -hmm.
1: oh yes that's right
3: Played, uh, played by Eric from Boy yes, Meets World, yes. which which was something else. Like if you would have told me that, I'm like I would have never guessed it when I was younger. Yeah,
1: because he did start doing a lot of uh, voice acting as well after Boy Meets yeah. World, and yeah, Kim Possible. But,
3: but then that show, once again, you know, just amazing voice acting, amazing. Uh, just storytelling, and then once again, you know, it had to happen where they're bringing back uh, Mark Hamill to reprise his role as the Joker. Oh, the Return the of the
2: Joker movie was fantastic. Was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And Talk then, about some dark storytelling. That was, oh my gosh, that was.
3: Let me such
1: tell you, some of those story. DC animated movies are really very serious, freaking good. Well,
2: several the dark, of them are the rated R. Right yeah,
1: you need to peruse like. It, People, you need to peruse like the HBO Max because they have a lot of the DC animated movies on there, and they're very good.
3: Anybody listening, if you have not seen the Dark Knight Returns Part One and Part Two, <laughs> stop this recording. Stop this. <laughs> stop Let's this right now. Go now. now. Stop, and go hit pause. That, and come to back. Me is probably like one of my all-time favorite animated movies, yeah. just mm-hmm. because like it's just like it's it's basically Bruce Wayne. He's an old man. He retired the Batman. But then just something just is calling him back, like it's right. just calling him back to do it again. And then you know it's just you know I don't want to spoil it, but it is. I mean, Josh, you've you've seen it, and I'm sure Tell oh, yeah. you've seen it. It is so hardcore. Like, it's, a it's a
2: fantastic like, graphic novel. Um, I mean Frank Miller's movie. writing is amazing. Yeah,
3: and then it's just like it's and and then the climactic moment in the last one where it's like it's finally you know you get the actual Batman yeah. versus versus Superman. Superman not yeah. the bullshit that yeah. they gave us you, you see
2: where that armored suit came from. Yeah.
3: Exactly. And then you yeah, see like Green Arrow to... and Oh, yeah. oh it's, yeah, it's awesome You, you actually yeah. see a fight. You see like how it would actually happen not here, here, yeah. here. Five minutes later
0: Why'd you say that name?
3: Martha! Why'd you say that name?
1: i, hate
3: I was like, that like oh. oh that was that was to me like i just like i like i wanted just to like rip my eyes out and say like and just like why did i see that and just and this
1: like, is why i don't know. like Zack snyder's rendition i didn't of mind the martha like, Shut thing up. hold on no. see i <laughs> uh, the, it's just uh, i feel like he just uh, even as serious i guess as his universe was i still guess could not take it seriously you know I, I think that's my problem is that you tried to make it so serious that I still just could not take it serious. I no had lot.
3: such high hopes for like, like when, when they first announced Ben Affleck as Batman, I know people were upset. People were losing their shit. I'm still upset. You know, but <laughs> I, I liked his Batman. I had, I had high hopes because when I saw that first trailer, when I saw that first trailer, I was like, oh shit. I'm like, is he actually going to do it? Is he mm-hmm. actually going to do the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns fight? Right. I saw the armor. I was like, oh my God it's like it's like he it's like it's almost like Zack snyder like didn't read the the comic he just like perused and said like oh that looks cool i'm gonna you put that into the movie (laughs) and then completely completely like forget it
1: it's like go ahead josh defend it
2: well, first of all, it's actually in many ways very close to the fight in the comics. Instead of a kryptonite arrow, there's a kryptonite spear. Um, the Martha thing was definitely something different, but I always appreciated that because to me, in my eyes, I love them both equally. Um, I, and I feel like in many respects they are the mm. same character, but they represent two sides of right. that two different sides of that same character. And I always felt that the fact that both of their mothers were named Martha was kind of the connection that sort of showed people that they ultimately came from the same place. And I know that was what they were trying to achieve in the movie. And I will agree with you that the execution came off kind of silly, but I don't really think the point of it is what needs to be hated on. Um, I think it's more about how it looked. I mean, it's the same thing with – Princess Leia in outer space. Um, you know, Mary Poppins. Leia looks silly as hell, but the idea of Leia using the Force to protect herself in open space is kind of cool. I'm Rose just going to kill you. Well, it's going to be
3: like like why are they bringing up that fucking movie again? I didn't say I the title.
2: Don't do um, it, man. Last <laughs> Jedi, but oh, um, yeah, he said it. He <laughs> said it. <laughs> but um, no, it's I like I Voldemort just. Can't uh, I feel it was about the execution, and and I do feel like they tried to cram a little too much into the end of that movie by trying to meld that Dark Knight Returns story with the Doomsday story, and um, which should have been fleshed out quite a bit more. But again, I'm sure that there was some studio involvement there. So yeah, I'm sure. you can
1: bleep this, Ro. You can bleep this. Fuck, Zack Snyder.
2: I
3: don't think I don't think going to bleep that. He might just. <laughs>
1: You're a hater. Shh. Oh,
3: Listen, man. I respect Zack oh, Snyder. Man. I respect Zack <laughs> Snyder because he probably made one of my favorite horror movie, zombie movies of all Dawn time. Of the the Dawn of the you Dead. You know, Dead that's remake.
1: probably the only movie of his that I actually no, really enjoyed is Dawn of the Dead. The he Watchmen, totally,
3: come
2: on.
1: Oh, and Watchmen. Watch, I always Watchmen forget that's good. his. I don't good. know why. I know. Watchmen was good. And Watchmen to me
3: is like – I know, loved watchman. He Watchmen. took the material. Like, Watchmen to me is like he actually read the comic. Mm-hmm. Right. And said I'm going to put that on the screen. Why did that one get yeah.
1: dumped on well, so much? Well, it's
2: because though. they changed the ending and frankly I think well, that the way they shit? did the ending in the movie actually made more sense. Yeah. Um so I you know I I really appreciate Look, that film. I love
1: our I love our people, but sometimes like <laughs> Josh is going to love crazy. using this word. We get too uppity sometimes about certain yes, things, do. man. And it's like, what, what, what? dude, dude, it's like you try and take this material and take it from the page to the big screen. You know, oh. certain liberties are just going to be taken and you need to get the F over it.
2: It's called an adaptation for a reason.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, give me a break. My, my thing is, is that like
3: he was trying so hard to make the batman v superman whatever yeah the dark knight returns because you don't you don't put batman in that suit Mm -hmm. you don't hype up that fight between them two unless you're gonna do the dark knight returns gotcha which i'm like if they would have done that i mean it would have been which kind of goes back to what we're talking about because uh i know roe is not gonna like this because i know he hates this person i love
1: this yeah. whole episode has been. This is something Roe's not gonna like at all. It's all <laughs> for you, Ro. It's just all about
3: Rose. Ro. I used to, I used to, I used to listen to. Sorry, to Ro, I used to listen to Kevin Smith's podcast when he first oh, started. Oh it. no! For shame, okay, This is this is before he became a blubbering fat man crying. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa!
1: I'm even Roe defended him on that today, actually, in a Twitter post. And yes, he did. I he, will he... defend Kevin Smith as well because don't sit here and tell me that you've never cried at something normal. Oh, no. Later. I have cried, but I don't All record right. myself crying. Ah, <laughs> eh, maybe we could have done without that, but. So he started. It's a oh, double okay. rainbow. Double
0: his, rainbow.
3: <laughs> his podcast first started out as he would talk about Batman. He would only talk about Batman, only talk oh, about yeah. Batman. and. He 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 would bring on he had a, he had Mark Hamill on one time he had Kevin Conroy on one time he had Tara Strong who would be who would uh, voice um, Barbara Gordon as Batgirl and then she would later on do Harley Quinn right. um, and then he would you know he brought up this suggestions like oh my perfect The Dark Knight Returns movie would be old man Bruce Wayne Batman played by Clint Eastwood. This is this is back in like the early this is, this is back in the early 90s, you know, like like when he did Unforgiven, you know, when yes. he was still he was he was older. That would was, actually fit really well. That would
1: be really great. Get off him my playing, cane.
3: him him playing <laughs> him playing Batman and then him like, you know, donning the suit again and then going out there and feeding up people. And I was like, "Listen, you could make that movie right now. You and you have the perfect Batman. You have the yeah. perfect person, you have the right age right now in Michael Keaton." Mhm. You put Michael Keaton in the suit again as gritty, grisly old uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, retired from playing Batman, but he comes back out because he just feels that need to for justice. And then right there and then you bring in whoever you want as Superman. Heck, you could bring in uh, Henry Cavill if you want as a Superman or somebody else's. You know, I really wish, you know, God rest his soul as well the Christopher Reeve Mark uh Michael Keaton crossover oh, would that have been would amazing. So beautiful. Oh yeah. That would have been such a beautiful because yes. that I don't care who else plays Superman. Christopher Reeve is my Superman. Oh
1: yeah, no. Yeah. No, the I Superman don't think anyone will ever. Hands down,
3: you talk know, about. Henry Cavill is doing an amazing job and I respect him for it, but Christopher Reeve is is yeah. Superman.
1: Absolutely. But agree.
3: that would that would that to me I'm like you get Michael Keaton as Batman playing old Bruce Wayne retired but he has to come back out of retirement to be the batman and then
2: there's your story right well there. they're bringing him back so there's a chance we might get it and it well, would actually be more no. fitting to the story because henry cavill is younger and in in the in the comic superman hasn't aged much right. um because yeah. he doesn't that makes
3: sense well who knows where we're going to see that movie because of you <sighs> no. know they're doing I mean, massive
2: no. reshoots so yeah, we'll just you know. because
3: of that bro edit this out that fucking idiot he's yes. an idiot <sighs> yes, so absolutely. you know and then and then obviously warner brothers already screwed up uh batgirl
1: yeah because he was supposed with, to be in that as well he,
3: and they had, fo-
1: and they had footage
3: of him in the suit they had footage of him in a batman suit and they deleted all that shit
1: i know
3: I was like, you guys are. I read that they went to the go and crime try and humanity. watch it
1: last one last time, and it was it was gone, yeah. wiped from the database. It was
3: like one picture of him in the suit. Yes,
1: I remember. I saw
3: it. The one picture of him in the suit, and like I was just like, I felt like I was a kid again. I'm like, I'm seeing Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne as Batman. Warner Brothers do better. really drop the ball. Mm-hmm. Do really drop the ball now. Yeah, do do better, please. Absolutely. Uh, Get that guy into uh, whatever rehab you have to get him and Get him off that stupid bullshit that he's on. And get back into the studio. Make that movie so we can God. see. I don't give a shit about that movie. I really don't. I don't
1: even care about The Flash, to tell you the truth. I don't
3: care about The Flash. There's like To me, The Flash is the one that's on the CW.
1: Yeah. Think, oh, Grant
2: Gustin's he, amazing.
1: I heard he's great. A lot of people wanted him to actually take over and be in the actual movies he instead was Barry
3: Allen. he was Barry yeah. Allen he had all they the could easily do
2: that because they, they did have Flashpoint. the film yeah they did yeah. have the film version appear on the series so I mean just bring him in from the multiverse
1: there you go
3: they just have to do it just as they need to bring Michael Keaton as Batman because you hear
1: that Hollywood
3: I know for real listen to Warner us Brothers, listen to the nerds listen to we the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast salaries. all
1: five listeners <laughs>
3: you see all that stuff behind josh <laughs> look at all that money that's yeah. all money right there right?
2: you're leaving it on the table people Oh, exactly my there's the batman section right there there it, it is. is well Here's clearly
1: um well actually we're getting towards the hour mark but clearly they're the animated series just going back to the actual topic for a sec, because we always find a
0: way to go off the, rail. the rails it's fine or we stayed it's on cool,
2: topic man. it's still no, batman we did, we did. <laughs> it's fine It's mm-hmm. still batman we don't even know. And, need no and the reality of it is, is the animated series it echoes throughout every Batman well, property. That's what I was going to say. Since.
1: Clearly, the legacy is still very strong. It spawned, I think, it has the distinction of spawning the most amount of animated spin offs. Um, I'm sure there is clearly the video games, it clearly, in my personal opinion, influenced. The harley quinn animated series in some way because i i see it and it kind of almost reminds me of it so well it legacy, invented harley <laughs> yeah i mean the legacy is is really strong but um i the just want the bat wanna, force is strong yes the mm-hmm. bat force is strong but i do want to say um kevin conroy we love you rest in peace sir it really 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 pained a lot of us it was a truly truly somber day when yes. we all got the news but thank you boy, very much thank you so yeah. much you and mark hamill gave us the best characterization of batman and the joker we could not thank you more so rest in peace and, good frank thank you so much for this um topic suggestion i was definitely very excited about it and wanted to jump on it and josh oh, of course, thank, thank you, you I mean, for is... coming on i know how much no, you thank love you talking me. about batman so oh no i love
3: but... i love talking about batman i love talking and about clearly it we are
1: lovers of it because we did not plan this and unfortunately you cannot see us because it's a recording but we are literally all wearing black <laughs> so we are the night <laughs> yes <laughs> but frank why don't you tell people where uh, where they can find you
3: well, you guys can find me on Twitter uh, at the Frank Four O Two. I'm usually on there, um, just pretty much just hanging out, you know, putting some stuff out there. So yeah, cool. Always, always love being on here with you guys and talking all things geek. So it's always fun.
1: I love you, Frank. You're always you're always welcome on here, and of course, thank you so much for being a Patreon. And Josh, co-host. This is of Scarif After Dark, bane of my existence. Where can people find you, and do you have anything coming up in the pipeline other than Scarif After Dark? <laughs>
2: Well, first of all, I made it through the episode without getting fired. So Sweet. There's oh, that. true,
1: true.
2: Um, but no, you can find me at Sith Care Bear on Twitter um, and Instagram. I'll be out trolling everyone with memes. Um, and memes. And uh, and you can find me with my lovely co-host, Miss Shanti, on Scarif After Dark, um, which we will be back this this weekend. So be fun right. times well. doing a viewer choice episode.
1: All right is So, it, yeah, this episode is probably going to drop next Thursday. So, so be, our episode of so our, it'll be
2: last weekend. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, watch week. our episode. And make sure
1: you watch it. Yeah. Watch yeah. the replay, everyone. Scarab after dark on YouTube. It'll be great stuff. Yes. And I, of course, am Madam Shanti, General Shinobi, Selena, Kyle. I don't know anymore. I have a thousand freaking names, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and, at everywhere. and everywhere. And everywhere. Well, you can find me on Twitter. It's selenakyle29. And then I just realized my Instagram is actually selenakyle2929. So I've been saying it wrong for quite a while now. Um, and then you can also, of course, find Scarif After Dark on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, please go like and subscribe on YouTube. And as always, this is the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And we are part of the Red 5 Network where we have about, I don't know, a 1,000 shows under our belts. a 1,000 different shows. More to come. From. More to come. Quite Roman, the buffet. So quite the buffet. So please head on over to bio.link slash red5 for more wonderful pods like this one. Again, gentlemen, thank you so much, Ro. I hope you have fun editing this one. And please go out and watch the show. And as always that's the scuttlebutt. Bye, everyone.
0: Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Just wanted to remind you all we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, PodTail, OwlTail, Google Podcast, and of course, our own Red5Network.com to name a few. And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there. Please hold.